So he stopped in for the weekend, going to church with them today. My wife's happy to have her three children and a bunch of grandkids with her. So she's rejoicing. I'm the one that's a sad whole guy. I'm home with my old dog. I want you to feel sorry for me. I mentioned this last week, and I have a, I have a luncheon date today. Because see, when you whine enough, people feel sorry for you. It's, it works. It just works. So... Uh, I'll be leaving out Wednesday morning to see the new baby and my family for a few days. Be back on Friday evening. Um, lots going on around here, but uh, we're rejoicing in that new grandbaby, that's for sure. Uh, Micah chapter 6, and we're going to read the first four verses, and then we're going to chop down and read a few more and, and come to our thought today. Micah chapter 6, verse 1, Hear ye now what the Lord saith. Arise, contend thou for the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Hear ye, O mountains, the, Lord, the Lord's controversy. Notice that. And ye strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord hath a controversy with his people, and he will plead with Israel. O my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I worried thee? Wearied thee. 
testify against me. For I brought thee out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servants, and I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Now, drop down, if you would, to verse 6. He says, Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousand of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has showed me, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Here's my thought today. God's not asking too much. Our God's not asking too much. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We love this text. We love this book. Lord, you're such gracious God unto Israel and unto us. Sometimes, Lord, we don't act like it. Oftentimes, we're like Israel. We don't see your mighty hand. We don't sense your benevolence unto us like we ought to. Help us to understand this text today. And Lord, all you want from us is just to walk with us. Help us to see that today clearly. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this coming Tuesday night, we'll have our pie and praise, and I'll have a little thought to give you that night, but this is kind of my thoughts of Thanksgiving, although it's not really a Thanksgiving message, but we're looking at Israel here this morning and how thankful they should have been unto their God. And quite frankly, they were not. Before us in our text this morning is a discussion between God and Israel, his people. The topics regarding the sovereignty of God in a broad sense, and also an explanation of what pleases him. The key word, I think, framed in this, in this dialogue this morning is found in verse 2. It's mentioned twice, the Lord's controversy. That's an interesting word. The Lord has a controversy with his people. And that word controversy basically means disagreement. And whenever there's a disagreement, there's two sides. And I'll tell you this, God's not the one that's wrong here. God's never wrong. Never. He couldn't be or he wouldn't be sovereign God. And so Israel is the one to blame here. And again, there's always two sides to a story. And now God is kind of telling his side of the story. God has a controversy, or we could say he has a beef with his people for them being so insolent, so stubborn, so rebellious. Now, on the other hand, Israel felt as if God had done them wrong. We can read this in the chapter. But God assures them that it's not him. And he answers them with a broken heart and with grievance. In verses 1 through 4, we see that God has led them to good paths. God has 
given them freedom. God has supplied their every need. Are they thankful? I think not. In verses 5 and 6 that we read this morning, the prophet Micah is used here to pen the description of what, how, how God was truly worthy of all these sacrifices, all these offerings that are mentioned. Uh, look, he says here, Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams and with 10,000 rivers of oil? You know, the, the answer there is no, because God's not asking for that. God knows us. He knows that we can't really offer God or do for God what is worthy of Him. He being God. God should get His just desserts for all His goodness unto Israel and to us. But often He does not. And that's what God is dealing with here. The key verse here, I believe, is verse 8. And this is where I'm going to springboard off and talk about our walk with the Lord. He explains in verse 8 really what he expects and what he desires from his own. Read it with me again, if you would. Verse 8, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do, what? Justly, and to love mercy, and here it is, key part, and to walk humbly with thy God. That's all God wants. Amen. Now, we've been in this series. It's kind of really become one. I didn't plan on it being so, but the different aspects of salvation and things that come out of it. And I've already talked about our Christian walk another time, but it, it, it repeats itself to me again here at this Thanksgiving season. My God wants me to walk with him. Amen. We're going to see today what that walk entails in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 and some other key passages concerning walk. But the Christian walk is very important to our God. It's illustrated throughout the whole Bible in various actions. In Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 22, it has to do with our seeing. Uh, the prophet says, look and be saved. Look who? To God. Also with our hearing, Isaiah 55 verse 3, hear and your soul shall live. In Isaiah 27 verse 5, it has to do with grasping of something. Take hold, he says, of my strength. Oh, how true that is. We can't do anything apart from him. Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. And then the tasting. Uh, Psalm 34 and verse 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So this is a this is most common, most suggestive part of a Christian life is in the walking with God, as Micah chapter 6, verse 8 says. But in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, the Bible says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Praise God. So God wants us to walk with him, but how can you and I walk with him when we're so... Sinful. God's made a way through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. I'm glad I can walk with God today. That's what people want. I think I mentioned this before, but I think there's three basic ways of perfect exercise. And I read at one time that perfect exercise is, of course, walking. I remember one time 
Uh, there's been so many times I've tried to lose weight and get fit, but I remember one time talking to Jason McLaren, and Jason, he was pumping iron at that time. I said, Jason, what kind of exercise? He said, Pastor, just walking. Walking's it. Okay. I've done it a few times. <laughs> next one, Gene and Nancy always trying to get me, go swimming, Pastor, swimming. That's the next one. Supposed to use all your body. Supposed to help you. Here's one. Making the bed. It's supposed to be a perfect exercise. You're stretching, doing this and that. Please don't tell my wife. <laughs> I haven't made my bed. Don't tell my kids either, because I taught them every morning you get up and make your bed. But no one's home but me and the dog. Believe me, the bed will be made before she walks in the door. But these things are, but the key is walking. Walking is so good for us physically, emotionally, amen. Uh, it is so good for us. And listen, spiritually, to walk with our God. The New Testament has all this information. And we could go on and on. I'll just read a few of you quickly about how we as believers and disciples of Jesus Christ ought to walk with our God. Romans 6 and verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism and death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Romans 8, 1, Therefore uh, there is therefore no condemnation of them that which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.17, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Galatians 5.16, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Verse 25, If we walk in the Spirit, let us also walk, uh, uh, walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, I think I wrote that down wrong. For ye who are sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. Ephesians uh, uh, 5.15, see that you walk circumspectly and not as fools, but as wise. Philippians 3.16, nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same things. Colossians 1 and verse 10, that you walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Colossians 4.5, walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. 1 Thessalonians 2.12, that you walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. 1 Thessalonians 4.1, wherefore we beseech you, brethren, I exhort you by the Lord Jesus that ye have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. 1 John 1.6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And lastly, 3 John 1, 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And believe me, there are plenty of other verses. But I think you get the gist of this. In Micah chapter, uh, chapter 6 and verse 8, God was saying, hey, all I expect from you is to walk with you. Spend time with you. Think about that today. How's your walk with the Lord today? Walking is good for us. Walking spiritually builds us up in our relationship with God. Just generally speaking, when you walk with someone, it will enrich 
your relationship. It'll build that relationship. That's true in marriage. That's true with your children. That's true with friends. Now think about our Christian walk today, our walk with Christ. Think of the attribute of walking. Uh, we looked at this verse a few weeks back. I think Amos 1 or 3 and verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Good question. Amos is trying to get a hold of Israel again. They're not paying attention. Their walk with God is, 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 is not right. They're in misstep with God. And the question is, can two walk together except they be agreed? There's got to be a side-by-side -side equality, so to speak, in order to have a good walk with somebody. I don't walk very much with my wife. She walks with me when I ask her to go for a stroll because I stroll and she power walks. So obviously I have a bigger gait than her. I can go further out than her, but I can't keep up with that woman. So in order to enjoy the walk, I'll say, now honey, we're not going for a power walk. We're not trying to help my health. We're trying just to go for a stroll. Let me hold your hand and walk thou beside me. I don't say walk thou up, but I just tell her walk with me. Well, remember, don't tell her about the unmade bed. Walk. Walk. Many individuals in the scriptures walk with God. In, in Genesis chapter 5 and verse uh, 22, it says, And Enoch walked with God. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. Micah chapter 6, verse 8, we just read it. He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Now, walking with God is not a spiritual activity reserved just for a few or a select group. Sometimes we have this idea, oh yeah, God walks with prophets, and God walks with priests, and God walks with... You know, preachers and evangelists and apostles, not so. God walks with us all. If we will allow it. Isn't that an awesome thought? God walking with us. Often we don't, often we don't get into that like we ought to. God wants to walk with us. I remember my wife. She, she'd been walking for years, and she would want to go for a walk. And when she would just say to me, honey, I'm going to go for a, a walk, I would hear this throughout the house. I'll go, Mom. One of the other kids would say, can I go, Mom? Then I hear another verse, I'm going with Mom. <laughs> they love to go walking with Mom. Do you know why? Because walking with Mom meant there was going to be a conversation. There's going to be some advice. There's going to be some laughter. There's going to be some instruction. They just love to walk with mom. And as my wife got older and kept walking and the kids got older, they would even ride their bike alongside mom as she walked. They couldn't keep up with her either. And they would get on their little bikes and they would walk, you know, they would ride alongside her because they couldn't keep up with her. But they wanted to walk with mom. Walking with dad wasn't fun because I would usually complain and go home halfway, so... But walking with the Lord implies a number of things. First of all, life. You know, those who have life can walk. Those that are sickly can't. Activity. Walking is a primary expression of a good, healthy life. It speaks of health. Only the strong can rise up and walk, according to Scripture. It talks about progress. 
Walking denotes moving forward, not standing still. Staying at something. Amen? Walking is beneficial. When two walk together, some things can happen. First of all, close proximity happens. There's a camaraderie that occurs. Open discussion or dialogue takes place when two walk together. When two walk together, there's a listening. Amen. A two-way conversation takes shape when we walk with our kids or our mate or a friend. Questions are asked. Plans are worked out. Dreams are discussed. Problems are solved. God just wants to walk with us. Oftentimes, when I'm under a lot of stress of ministry, I walk around here, I, I, I go for a little stroll with God, and I can pray, and I can think, and God brings things to my heart. And we, together, work out some things. It's amazing. Some of the ideas that come out just with a walk with God. Laughing occurs, because boundaries are removed. When you walk with somebody, relationships can be mended, solidified, enjoyed. When you walk with someone, counsel and problem solving will occur, as I mentioned. You know, I'd go for a walk with my kids as dad. I would go for a little stroll, and they would just open up. It was natural for them just to open up. Tell me what they were concerned about. Tell me what they were happy about. What happened in school today? Things like that. They would just open up. Thoughts on their mind. Concerns, worries. But communication would transpire. So we're to walk with our God. Walk together with her. How could two walk together? This phrase describes spiritual walking, and it's not a solitary exercise when two people are walking together. It's a unification that takes place. I know when people are having health issues, me it's hard for me sometimes to give counsel that I don't even take myself, but I do that. I'll say, you know, walking is good for you. Go for a walk and so forth. Some people are having mood swings and emotions and Sometimes chemical imbalances and dealing with medicines and that, and they'll feel bad because they take medicine, or they'll feel bad because they don't. And my philosophy is take your medicine. I've told people that a lot. But go for a walk. Go for a walk. Go for a walk with your God. There's key words to describe benefits from walking with God. The Bible says in Genesis 5.22, Enoch walked with God. That denotes companionship with God. Genesis 17, 1, Abraham walked with God in sincerity. And here's what God, walk thou, here's what he says, before me. Amen. You know, Abraham was known as being a friend of God. Abraham knew close fellowship with God. Amen. Deuteronomy 13, 4 describes a walk of obedience, for he says in Deuteronomy 13, 4, God to his people, walk after me. And then in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6, listen, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. There's so much involved with spiritual walk with the Lord. Walk with him, walk together with him. This speaks of intimacy. Uh, just some side points here. Uh, reciprocal knowledge, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Endeavors, you're doing it together. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 1. Here's what's interesting about walking with people. Most of the time, you walk with somebody you're comfortable with. You can be yourself with them. 
They don't judge you. You can laugh. You can share thoughts. You can share ideas. When you can walk with somebody that knows you well, there's a, a trade of interest and knowledge have similar interests. Again, I've said this, my, my wife and I enjoyed a lot of close fellowship with other families when we were raising our babes because we had five kids, it was not a lot, but most of our friends had seven, eight, ten. You, you just birds of a feather flock together and you, you fellowship and walk with that group because they understood home life. Amen. Affection takes place in walking. Goals are discussed. Amen. Three most admired and known about men in the Bible were those that walked with God. We mentioned Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. Enoch walked with God. He enjoyed the fellowship of God. Now think about this. Enoch walked with God in a very dark day. He, worked when, he walked with God when nobody else wanted to. Noah, in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9, he walked with God in faithfulness, and he walked with God when nobody else wanted to, and he knew what it would cost him. He would be mocked. He would be belittled. For he was obeying the voice of God in his walking with God, and God told him to build an ark. And everybody laughed and mocked and jeered. You walk with God, and everybody's going to think it's great. You walk with God, everybody's going to judge you. How much do you want to walk with God? Amen? Abram, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 7, James chapter 2, verse 3, Abraham walked with God, and he was called the friend of God. I want to be God's friend. I for sure don't want to be his enemy. I'm just, it blows my mind that God even wants to walk with me. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Especially me. God, walk with me. Amen. Then there's a secret to walking with God mentioned. Can two walk together, and here's the key, except they be agreed. Get that little part there. Except they be agreed. You know, with, with our God, there's no walk, no fellowship, no fruitfulness, no friendship, except we be agreed. And God's... See, he's telling Israel here in Micah chapter 6 that he had a controversy with them. They thought they were right, and God was wrong. They were wrong. It's amazing that at the end of the little section that we're reading, that God says, hey, this is all I want from you. And the main thing is to I want to walk with you. Isn't that exactly what God's always wanted? He created an Adam and Eve. What did God want to do in that garden? To walk with them in the cool of the day. It's the way he's always wanted it. He tried to walk with his people. He sent prophets to say, hey, take time for me. I want to walk with you. I want to provide. I want to share some things with you. I want to give you my mind on some things. That's why they were given you know, the commandments and the statutes. They'd have a better walk with God. You know what God wants today? You and I to walk with him. That'll be the end experience that we have with God. And I'll show you that here in a little bit. Just walking with God. Now it's interesting. Amos says, um, can two walk together except they be agreed? The word agreed is so interesting. This word agreed means to meet, to meet together with, to assemble with, to be appointed with, a set time, to have agreement with, to gather, 
to fix an appointment. When was the last time you had an appointment with God? He wants to meet with you. We ought to want to meet with Him. Interesting word. What, there's also this word agreed is in regards to meeting with God's people in the tabernacle. Go back to Exodus 33. Exodus 33. And you know, here's God. He's trying to reach out to his people, and his people are walking further away from God than really walking with God. In Exodus 33, there's two places here. Verse 7 and verse 9 I'm interested in. Exodus 33, and this is the meaning of the word agreed. Can two walk together except they be agreed? And this is where the root word comes from, agreed, okay? Exodus 33, verse 7, it says, And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. Look at verse 9. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. <laughs> it was God's desire to meet with all his people in the camp. Listen, great things happen when God's in camp. Moses' representation of God's people. He's standing at the door with God in conversation. But see, the people have so disobeyed God, that's about the end of it right there. When God wanted to meet with his people, he would show up. The Jews, to this day, they call it the tent of meeting. Or they call it the tabernacle of meeting. Again, stressing the fact that God wanted to meet with his people. He still wants to meet with his people. And when God met with them, what happened? The Shekinah glory cloud came. And they knew they had met with God. You ever had time in your prayer life? You ever had a time in the word? You ever had a time sometimes in church where you know that God is present? Everybody knows it. Been those times, sweet times where you said, wow, this, this is different. God's here. Now, I didn't see it with my eyes, but I sensed that there have been times in the car alone with God, and boy, the Shekinah glory cloud came in. Been times in my Christian life where I needed advice or instruction, or I needed to know that God was with me, and I sensed the presence of God, and boy, it was good and it was real. It's a place you want to go back to. Man, if you haven't had that in your life, you're missing a walk with God. And God would come into the camp of Israel, and they knew he was there. But there'd be that cloud. See, God was always wanting them to understand that a walk with him is what he desired. There's three main parts to this, this tabernacle of meeting with his people. It had to do with the priest's work. In the Old Testament tabernacle experience, the priests worked with what? The sacrifices. And they labored in the inner holy of holies and in the outer court of the tabernacle. And you know what Jehovah would, uh, Jehovah would do? He would meet with his people. Wow. And here's three things it was connected to. The mercy seat. <laughs> the mercy seat. 
Exodus 25, 22 reads, There will I meet with you at the mercy seat. You know what the mercy seat was? The mercy seat was the cover, the top to the ark. And remember, the ark had the three things in there symbolic of God's relationship with his people and how God had blessed his people, even though they had done wrong. Aaron's rod that budded. The manna was in there. And the law, the tablets. And they were covered up with the mercy seat. And one time a year, the high priest would go behind the veil and the blood of a perfect sacrifice, a sinless sacrifice, a lamb picturing Jesus Christ, that blood was sprinkled with a hyssop on top of that mercy seat. And that blood typified the covering of all Israel's faults and failures, all their sin. But what's so good about our God? Through Jesus Christ, the ultimate sacrifice, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, we don't just have a little bit of covering. We have an entire eradication. We have an entire removal of all our sins, past, present, and future. What is that saying to us again? I want to meet with you. I want to meet with you so bad, I'll give up my son. I'll have him shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for you so we can have fellowship. What a God. And those priests would do their job there in the tabernacle. And God says, you want to meet with me? Think about the mercy seat. There I will meet with thee. Wow. But that's not the only place. Exodus 29 and verse 4, talking about the tabernacle, the, the tent of meeting. God says he wants to meet with the altar of burnt offerings. And here's what it says about the altar. Not only, not only the mercy seat, but it talks about Exodus 29, 42, the altar of burnt offerings. It says, where I will meet with you. Isn't that interesting? Where? Where? In the sacrifice. In the sacrifice was a picture of his son again, Jesus Christ to come. That's where I'll meet with you. You know, you and I have no fellowship with God apart from Jesus Christ. If you're sitting here today and you're not truly 100% sure you're saved, you can't have fellowship with God like he wants to have fellowship. Listen, friend, receive Christ. Receive his sacrifice on Calvary. Let the blood be applied to your sin debt. That's where you meet with God. Thirdly, in the last part of the priest's work in the tabernacle of meeting, <laughs> this is great, was the altar of incense. Exodus 30, verse 36 says, where I will meet with you. God will meet you at Calvary. And then God will meet with you in your prayers. You see, the altar of incense is a type and picture of, of, of offerings of prayer up to God. It says it is a sweet-smelling savor in the nostrils of God when God's people pray to him. You want to walk with God? You walk through Jesus Christ. You want to walk with God? Let his blood be the propitiation for your sins. Christian, you want to walk with God? Pray. No better place to pray with God than to go for a stroll with God. When's the last time you went for a stroll with God? <laughs> These offerings in Leviticus 1 and verse 9, Leviticus 1 and verse 13, Leviticus 23 and verse 18, it says a sweet-smelling sacrifice Sacrifice unto the Lord. These are the offerings that God accepts. And again, look at 
Micah chapter 6, verse 8, remember where he said, hey, you think you can offer me rivers of, of oil? You can offer me a thousand of this animal? I think it was bullocks or lamb, whatever, the context. But he said, that's not what I'm looking for. You can't give it to me anyway. This is what I want. Read it again. Micah. Chapter 6, verse 8, He showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. How's your walk? My conclusion. If there's someone here, again, you've never been saved, sir, ma'am, meet with God. Through the sacrifice of Jesus, His Son, God loves you so much. He planned your redemption. He loves you so much. He provided the, the Paschal Lamb for you. He loves you so much. It's in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. The work's been done. The blood's been shed. The sacrifice is over. All you got to do, my dear lost friend, is receive it. By faith, receive it. Admit, we're all sinners, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So in our invitation a little bit, if you're here, whether a visitor or not, whether you're a young person or, or a middle-aged foe or our senior, if you don't know Christ, now's the time to get it settled. He wants to walk with you. Have you accepted? Have you made an appointment with God at the foot of the cross? And saints, your Father wants a relationship with you. Through the blood, through Christ, but through your prayer time. And that denotes time walking with God. You see, what I'm talking about today, this walk with God, is not a special place. You know, people get, oh, I'll go to church and I'll pray. It's not the building. It's not the denominational sign outside. It's not a group, it's not the fundamentalists, or it's not the, the, the modern church group today, whatever, the, the contemporary, it's not any of that. People are missing it. It's not in a place. It's not in a special place. It's not at a certain time. Oh, I'm so glad I'm not in a religion where I've got to throw down a rug several times a day and get on top of that thing. I don't, I don't hardly get up from any rug these days when I get down there. I was feeling sorry for Reese the other day, her whining and missing her little grandma. I told the young people, I was shaving the other day, getting ready to leave, and I had the uh, bathroom door open, shaving, and I had a song on, and a, a woman was singing, and as she sang, Reese stopped right at the door. She looked up, she started whining, and she went to every bedroom looking for Pam. I said, you poor dog. I gave her some extra treats. But the other day she was looking so sad and I was feeling so sad. We were both missing her. I got down on the carpet and I petted her and she liked it. Then she walked off. Then who's going to help me up? <laughs> Turn around, push on this and that. And... So I'm glad I don't have to have a rug involved with my worship of God, my meeting with God. At least I can pray against the bed and lift myself. You get it. 
Folks, meeting with God, walking with God is not in a certain place or a certain a special place. It's not a certain time. It's not a certain religion. It's not a denomination. It's not a congregation. It is through a special person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And God the Father wants to walk with us through the person of Christ. Here's the question today. Do you want to walk with your God? The last time you had an appointment. Go for a walk with your God. Brother Hector is one of my good buddies. I, I love Brother Hector. I love him because he makes me laugh. Number one, he makes me laugh. He's been a true friend. And him and I walk occasionally. Now, we don't walk very far, but we walk. And I enjoy going for a walk with him because we have things in common. We talk about things. We dish things out. We share blessings. You know, I enjoy going for a walk with my wife because we talk about dreams and hopes and prayers and burdens and you know, you, generally you're going to go for a walk with somebody you like, somebody you want to spend more time with, somebody that you can, you can benefit from. Saints, walk with your God. That's all he wants. That's all he's ever wanted. Amen? Bow your heads if you would. We're going to pray.